This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Jeff Halley joins us live from Singapore. Jeff, very good morning to you. Jeff is Senior Market Analyst at Oanda Asia Pacific. Let's talk about uh, a, a slight sense of renewed optimism in the markets because Donald is back in the White House, it seems. Yes, uh, good morning, Michael. Uh, the um, president returned from the hospital to the White House and made a, a couple of uh, uh, Twitter videos uh, to show that uh, he's uh, improving. and That's given a boost to markets, uh, and that came on the back of uh, expectations that uh, are arising that we're going to see some sort of fiscal stimulus package uh, get over the line in the United States as well. So overall, last night, that saw a, uh, a very strong session from, uh, from Wall Street. Given that China is presumably still closed uh, for your trading day, um, what, what, what are the Asian markets elsewhere doing? Yeah, mainland China is closed until, uh, until Friday, actually, when it reopens. So activity has been muted across various asset classes. I think the main takeaway here is that uh, equity markets in Asia are only slightly higher as opposed to the huge night we saw uh, in New York where we saw the main indices up over sort of around 2%. And I think that is because uh, we're still worried about headline risk coming out of the White House. So I think uh, Asian markets are, are not going to heavily invest um, in, in, the, in the US rally on the concerns that we may get another headline randomly come out saying as conditions worsened, for example, which would lead to a sell-off of stocks. So uh, Asia's very much in a wait-and-see uh, mode uh, today. Just, J- Jeff, just let's drill down into the detail of that, just if you wouldn't mind. So wh- so the Asian markets are thinking to themselves, because they, 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 they uh, you know, over the past week or so, they've not gone step-by-step step with a- anything that's happened in the United States, have they? They've, they've sort of made up their own minds for all sorts of different reasons. What you're saying is that there is still a lot of caution around. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we've had these um, headlines coming from the White House uh, that the president's improving, which is uh, great news. Uh, but there's also an element of doubt. He's only about three or four days from my calculations into a sort of 10-day progression of COVID-19. Uh, so it seems to me a little premature to be saying uh, that yeah. you know the president is out of the woods, although, of course, I hope he is. Uh, th- those sorts of concerns and perhaps the White House's track record previously on, on announcements has led to a, a bit of an element of caution in Asia uh, with um, with flows so light with China away. It doesn't really take a lot to move markets. And one negative yeah. headline from uh, Washington, D.C. could see shares uh, move lower quite quickly. Now, you mentioned the stimulus package. Um, there was a little bit of a trickle of news over that over the weekend and into yesterday. What are you feeling about progress on that? Because they're still, as, I mean, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? They look about a trillion dollars apart still, don't they? Yeah, it's about $1.5 I think, for the Republicans and $2.2 trillion for the Democrats. So yeah. that's an impressive spread in anybody's uh, money. I, I do believe that the non-farm payrolls that came out on Friday will have given both sides a, a more than gentle nudge to try and get something over the line. Uh, those, those numbers came out much less than was expected. I think around 650,000 jobs uh, yeah. added. Mm. Which, which implies that the pace of the U.S. recovery is starting to slow down. And what it really needs is another fuel injection from uh, U.S. fiscal stimulus part two. And I think that number, because it's such a keen number, will have nudged both sides to perhaps get around the yeah, negotiating given, table. 
Given we're facing what by any stretch of the imagination is presumably, and again, we don't know, but let's assume we we can judge things on what we know at the moment. It's going to be a fairly muddy election process, isn't it, in the United States? If you were a a US politician, would you not, uh, you know, never mind anything else is going on, like to go to your constituents, say, do you know what? During the great stimulus debate, I actually argued for you to get some money into your pockets. I, I just find it strange that politicians with an election looming and yeah I, I get the business about the jobless figures and, and you know not exactly dragging feet to the fire but at the same time you do think that politicians actually would be saying do you know what I'm going to fix this because I need to take something to my constituents say I've been working positively for you well, don't you find that rather strange they're not doing that well I think there was some complacency particularly from the Republican side ahead of that non-farm payroll because the data had been so spectacular but as we know in the United States Elections come down all about the economy. It's all about the economy. And if the economy starts slowing over this month, they'll be extremely sensitive to, to that development, uh, the Republicans in particular. And I think that will be what we're nudging them closer to the Democrats. Nobody wants to be the side uh, that said they didn't do enough to support the economy uh, into the election if we start seeing slowing data over November. And remember, we still do have a month basically to go before these elections. There's a lot of water that could go under that uh, very, uh, very shaky bridge. So uh, I think uh, from that side alone, there'll be a, a real movement now to try and get something over the line. Our own Chancellor has been saying time's going to be tough. The, the day of reckoning is coming, given the support that the, that, the, um, that the government have actually put into the economy. Does that have any resonation as far as the rest of the world's concerned? Or do you look at what our little tribulations as being very domestic? Well, looked in isolation, it is very much domestic for the United Kingdom. But I think when you look at it in a broader continental outlook, with the, the, the COVID-19 restrictions starting to creep back now at an increasing pace, both in the UK and in uh, Europe, we could be facing a second leg down in growth again because they've clearly let uh, those restrictions off far too quickly. Everyone's gone on summer holidays, and now here we are back at where we almost started again. If that leg of growth comes down, questions will be asked, what is the capacity uh, on the fiscal stimulus front for governments in Europe and the UK to put more money into this to keep the thing working? And I think increasingly what's happening we're seeing in much of the world is it's all or nothing on vaccines arriving by the end of the year. OK. And, and, and finally, just take us through the commodity markets and oil especially, because uh, obviously it eventually translates to, to prices at the pumps and all the rest of it. So what, what's happening there? Because we were seeing um, the oil price actually gradually descending, weren't we, as uh, the reality of an economic slowdown globally was finally hitting the oil markets after quite a turbulent year. Yeah, we saw oil have one of its best days of the year yesterday, up over 6% overnight. Now, part of that was because of the return of, pros- uh, of President Trump to the White House, uh, and that lifted asset markets across the board, stock markets, currencies, uh, precious metals, uh, energy, such as oil. But also, um, we're seeing a Norwegian oil workers strike, which is uh, dropping their production, tightening supplies, and also the evolution of Hurricane Delta, down in the Gulf of Mexico, which looks like it's going to be quite a substantial hurricane, and that has the potential to impact uh, Gulf of Mexico production quite adversely. 
So those three factors have all con- uh, joined in a, in a perfect storm, if you like, and lifted prices. But I think the cautionary tale here is, is that although we can see more gains in the short term, nothing has changed on the supply-demand side of the equation in the, in the big picture. So I would suggest that the rally is there to be sold and not to be bought. Jeff Halley, thank you very much indeed. Jeff Halley, that's Senior Marks Analyst at Oanda Asia Pacific. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.